Brother Dennis had you to sit down. Would you stand as I read the word of God, please? And I shall read for you John chapter 1, verses 19 through 27. Hear the word of God as recorded in John. And this is the testimony of John. When the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who are you? He confessed and did not deny, but confessed. I am not the Christ. And they asked him, What then? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. Are you the prophet? And he answered, No. So they said to him, Who are you? We need to give an answer to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? He said, I am the voice of one crying out in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as the prophet Isaiah said. Now they have been sent from the Pharisees. They asked him, Then why are you baptizing, if you are not neither the Christ, nor Elijah, nor the prophet? John answered them, I baptize with water, but among you stand one you do not know. Even he who comes after me, the straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. May the Lord bless the reading and the hearing of his holy word. You may be seated. I just pray that what I just did offended no one. I mentioned to the Sunday school class from time to time that as I read the Bible, I try to visualize myself as someone in the crowd at that particular time. Can you hear me? And have you ever thought about how many ways God has communicated to people? And I often think about that a lot. And if you think about God communicating to Jacob and Zachariah and Mary and the shepherd, and he communicated with them by way of an angel. I think about Jacob and Joseph in the book of Genesis that we just finished studying in our men's Sunday school class. God communicated with them through dreams. I think about Belshazzar, and you talk about text writing. You communicated with him by what? Writing on the wall. And I think about the nation of Israel when he led them out of Egypt. He communicated them by what? There you go. By day and night. And I think about Abraham and Moses and those that were present with Jesus at his baptism. He communicated with them by a verbal word. And today, he communicates with us through his son, Jesus Christ. And I like the way that John identified himself, a voice. And that's why I kind of stood back there that you didn't see me. Because it's so important, and I was just talking with Mike, and he just brought that to my attention, that we cannot elevate the people that stand behind this pulpit. They come and go. But we must pay very close attention to the message. And that's what John was proclaiming. 
I don't want no accolades at all, John is saying. But I want to point you to the main man, and that is none other than Jesus Christ. And I, and I like that about John. And you perhaps, you perhaps heard these words here. Mr. Speaker, the President of the United States, that sergeant of arm is an announcer that someone important is coming. And he steps in the door, he pushes open, and he announced, ladies and gentlemen, the President of the United States is arriving. And that's what John is doing right here. John the Baptist, he is an announcer, and he is announcing the most important person ever to step on the stage of human history, the God-man. The Christ, the Son of the living God, the Lord Jesus Christ. And I like that about John. I had thought about when I was standing there that I would just get down behind this podium. But then I said, I'm going to go ahead and stand back here because that's the impression that I wanted to have initially. To be a voice here this afternoon. And in fact, about that, I wish I could sit back here and just let you hear this message because that's what it's all about. So let us pray. Lord, work in our heart this afternoon, all of us, to bring about, first of all, a new understanding of the glory of Christ and the sweet truth of the gospel and make us ever thankful for the knowledge that has saved us. Grant us by your spirit, O oh Lord, and your will and your power. Lord, I pray for those that do not know Christ. May this be the day of their salvation. I pray, Lord, that you would encourage them with the truth. Fill their heart with joy and make us faithful witness as John the Baptist that others may know our Christ. And we pray in Jesus' name. Now, I understand why they call John the baptizer. I really, really do. But a more appropriate name for him would have been John the Testifier. That would have been a more appropriate name for John because John, and as you look in some of your Bibles, that may be the text, a witness for Jesus. So John is testifying, but I understand why they call him John the Baptist. Listen to these words, John 1, 6 through 8. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness. That's why I say this should be a better reason to call John a witness, a testifier, than John the baptizer. Because Jesus is declaring right here exactly what John's supposed to do. To bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. In fact, about it, if you read that entire chapter, that entire chapter is about men witnessing about Jesus Christ. And you'll see a testimony of Andrew and an unnamed, unnamed disciple witness about Jesus Christ. Also, you will find in that same chapter, Phillips and Nathan being a witness about Jesus Christ. So, so let's look at these verses, starting at verse 19. 
Verse 19 is about John fulfilling his mission as a witness, as a forerunner, pointing others to Christ. And this is what he said. This is the witness of John. Verse 19, attracting the attention of the most significant religious leaders. And that's when the Jews sent priests and Levites out from Jerusalem to find out what is going on. Because the priests and the Levites were the over, overseer of the scripture of Judaism. So anytime someone new came on the scene, they had to investigate and make sure it was in a line with what Judaism taught. And we talked about some of that this morning in our Sunday school class. And we cannot overlook the greatness of John the Baptist. Listen to what Jesus said about John the Baptist. And this is in Matthew chapter 11, verse 11. He said, Verily I say unto you, among them that are born of women, there has not risen a greater than John the Baptist, notwithstanding he that is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. John the Baptist was a great prophet. In fact about it, he probably, and I think I can say this, was the greatest Old Testament prophet, John the Baptist. And I know how much Paul likes Isaiah. And Isaiah was one of the greatest prophets in the Old Testament. In fact about it, the second half of the book of Isaiah is devoted to the promise of salvation. Isaiah wrote about the coming of the Messiah, Jesus Christ, and the man who would announce his coming was John the Baptist. I would have to say John the Baptist was the greatest Old Testament prophet, and I think Jesus just declared that. Now, let me give you some reason why that was the case, why John has such a unique position among the Old Testament prophets. First of all, he was chosen to be the forerunner to introduce the hero of history. The other prophets only announced things about Jesus. But John was a forerunner who announced the coming of Jesus Christ. Also, we are aware who Elijah was, but John preached with the same power that Elijah did. And that's one reason why they confused John the Baptist with Elijah. He identified with Elijah quite well, even in his attire, his dress. Also, John broke over 400 years of silence where God had not spoken. Coming to the end of the book of Melanchi and open up the New Testament, there was a big void where the people had not heard from God. And when John opened his mouth, that's when God began to speak to the people again. So this is what's making John very, very unique. Think about this. John the Baptist was the only Old Testament prophet to see Jesus Christ in the flesh. Isaiah, Jeremiah, Hosea, none of them saw Jesus in the flesh. This is why Jesus declared him to be one of the greatest. But John the Baptist come up short. He come up short. He come up short when it comes to us. We saw it. We heard about it. We know it happened. John was in prison. Martyr. Never knew that Jesus died on the cross. 
I tell you what, we do. And that's why Jesus made this statement about, in regards to John the Baptist, when he talked about how great he is, that, that particular statement back in Matthew, it says, uh, the statement of notwithstanding he that is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than John the Baptist. We are the least. That's us. We know Jesus died on the cross. We know he was raised from the dead. John don't know that. He doesn't know that. But he's a great man. And that means John didn't see the full gospel like we have or heard as we have. Therefore, John declared to be the greatest by Jesus, but we are the least is greater than he because we know of the crucifixion. We know of the resurrection. And I was just talking to Mike few months ago. And these guys put a lot of ideas in my mind that Sunday school class I would take. And that's where I get a lot of my ideas from, believe it or not. But I think about that search committee. I think about that search committee an awful lot. And I think about Jesus Christ who was God himself became a slave. But also he was a leader. You know, think about that. He became a slave that he didn't become equal with his people. But yet he led them as well. And that's what I think about that search committee, that they can find a pastor who will serve and be a servant. And we know in the Greek, a servant is nothing but a slave. But be a servant who will lead. Let me say that again. I pray that that search committee can find a pastor who will serve here at Haven, but also a servant who will lead. That's so important, I'm going to tell you. And that's something you don't really see today in men's of God, I'm going to tell you. You don't see that. Because they're using the wrong example, and that's why. They use, well, that's okay. Let me go to what I want to talk about here. Mike, you guys hold Mike hostage because he was one was talking to me before we got started here. <laughs> so, But anyway, uh, they asked John the Baptist in 19... And 20, they say, who are you? And the implication is, are you Christ? And John said, I'm not Christ. And John defined that in a negative sense. I'm not Christ. Because those Jews, those Levites and those priests, they were looking for the Messiah. So that's why they went out to investigate John. But John confessed to them, he confessed and did not deny that he is not Christ. Okay? So I'm not the Christ. So 
John did not put on any false air. And we just talked about how Jesus spoke so highly of John. And he could have told them all these things, but he didn't do that. Because he declared himself to be just a voice pointing those Sadducees and Pharisees to the Messiah. Because the Jews were people living under the dominion of Rome and they were looking for the great expectation of their deliverance. In verse 21, they asked him, are you Elijah? And he said, no, I'm not Elijah. And that's going back to the book of Malachi. Because once again, John, his dress and attire identified him as Elijah. And they are thinking that Elijah is raised from the dead. But John said, no, I'm not he. And then they ask him, are you the prophet? Because that goes back to the book of Deuteronomy. Where Moses had promised a prophet to come. And John did not claim to be that. But he only claimed to be the word. Proclaiming the word. Only a voice. Who proclaimed the word. And if you notice, each time they ask John a question, and they ask him three questions. Are you the Messiah? Are you Elijah? Are you the prophet? His answer got shorter and shorter. I am not the Christ. I am not Elijah. No, I'm not the prophet. He doesn't take any honor from Jesus Christ. And look at verse 22 with me. Now John in verse 22 is being pressed for a more definitive answer now. And they ask him, who are you? So that we can give an answer to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? Now we notice in verse 19, John described himself in a negative way. No. Now, in verse 23, John is going to define himself in a positive way based upon them asking him the question in 22. And notice what he says in verse 23. A positive way, he said, a voice of one. Significant, the word which will testify to be a voice. And I stood back there and read the word that we was going to look at this afternoon. And the message is the same thing that John was proclaiming. God desired for us to fall in love with Jesus Christ and not a man. They can leave at any time. Well, it is by God, uh, it's going to be God either way. They can leave on their own. God can move them out. Either way, it's God doing. But the most important thing is make sure the message is unadulterated and is biblical. The man that you guys are searching for, that's what's important. 
but we must be more interested in the message and not the man that bring the message. And notice John said, crying in the wilderness, a voice of one crying in the wilderness. And the wilderness we know is a very isolated, peculiar, striking testimony. And then he going to say, making straight the way for the Lord. And he was calling sinners, sinners to repentance, highlighting the gap between sinners and a holy Lord. He was preparing the way for sinners to get right because the royal king is coming. That's what John was proclaiming to those Jews. And as I stood back there, you didn't see me, but you heard a voice. And this is what John is saying. You can't see a voice. You can only hear it. No one looks much at the workman who is only preparing the road for the coming of the king. Yet, this was what John the Baptist declared himself to be. A voice and a workman. The last thing in the world that he wanted was for men to look at him. And they desired to know who John was, but John wanted to prepare them to recognize who Jesus was. And they was expecting and looking for a Messiah. But yet, they went out in the wilderness to investigate who John was, and they went out there with a closed mind. And by virtue of that, they couldn't recognize their Messiah. And we discussed some of that this morning in our Sunday school class. How religion has a knack to close your mind. So John is saying to the people, get cleaned up and get ready for your royal visit from your Messiah. Verse 24. Now they had been sent from the Pharisees. See, the Pharisees are the one that sent the Levi and the priests out there because the Levi and the priests were the one that oversaw the scripture there in Judaism. And they were the strict interpreters of the law and John seemed close to violating these. And we know they followed Jesus around to see if he was going to violate the laws of Judaism. Guess what? They're doing the same thing to John the Baptist, who is announcing their king. So they send out a delegation. Look at verse 25 with me. They are asking John to define his role, his function, and his ministry in verse 25. And listen to these words. Now they had been sent from the Pharisee, and they asked him and said to him, Why then are you baptizing if you are not the Christ, nor Elijah, nor the prophet? So you see, their question implied that it was inappropriate for John to baptize people. That's what they were saying. John, it's inappropriate for you to do what you're doing. Because back in those days, Gentiles who wanted to go from being a Gentile to Judaism, they baptized themselves. 
they literally baptized themselves. But here John is actually baptizing people. And that was a no-no. So you can see something new is, is beginning to happen here. We talked about some of that this morning. The old is passing away how things are done. A new process is coming in. So now here John is literally baptizing people, which was inappropriate back in those days. And also, the question they're asking John is, where did you get your authority, John, to do this? Where did you get your authority to do this, John? You didn't go to these rabbinical schools that we went to. Boy, these guys is tough. <laughs> they are tough guys, man. Yet John work up baptizing perfectly suited his calling, as he explained. And he going, John going to say, his baptism was apparently distinct in that he had ministered personally. It was not self-administered as proselyte baptism was. And I kind of said that kind of earlier. And notice this right here. I might have to get my Bible to read. Because John made a statement that I want to ask someone to read that for me, but let's see if I can find out right quick. Because they was asking John, where are you getting your authority from? And John made a statement Uh, it, it was where he had said, oh, here go, verse 26. And, and notice what John, they say, where did you get your authority from, John? And John made this statement here. John answered them saying, I baptize with water, but there standing one among you whom ye not know. What was the implication of that? He said, one standing among you right now. Say it again, Pastor. And, and Pastor's right, but he say one standing right here among you. But John didn't identify him. That's really interesting to me. And the pastor was right. They didn't know the Lord. They couldn't even recognize the Lord. And I have mold over that verse like I don't know what I'm trying to understand. And I'm in the crowd now. Why did he identify him then? Because if you read those chapters that were day one, day two, and day three, three, in day three, John say what? Behold, the Lamb of God who take away the sins of the world. But then he didn't identify him. But anyway, I, I had it here, but I, I missed it. So let's just kind of move on. Verse 26. I thought I had just overlooked something, but that's okay. And then verse 27, you notice, is significant of the familiar as opposed to the inscrutable. 
And a mom, you stand warned, you do not know. And John go on to define his relationship to Christ, a very subservient relationship, a very humble relationship. John was a very humble man. And he said this, it is he who comes after me, the thorns of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. And Jesus just spoke very, very highly of John back at Matthew, one of the great prophets. But look how John identified himself here, a very humble, subservient man. And you can't get no lower than a slave. And John said he can't even do that. And we know back in those days when someone entered a house, they wore sandals and the slave came and watched their feet. John said, I can't even untie his sandals. I'm not even worthy to treat him as if I were a slave. And I don't think John is exaggerating that. John is developing this thing. He is so much greater than I. I cannot even function in the role of a slave before him, let alone to be one you're familiar in a casual way. Just as John could not be familiar with Jesus in a casual way, we can't either. You would hear people say, Jesus, my buddy. John couldn't even refer to Jesus in a casual way. There's a sense of authority. One who's coming in power, it is he who comes after me, the thorns of whom sandals I am not worthy to untie. So we have a testimony. And we must get that testimony out. Just as John the Baptist did. And just be a voice for Jesus Christ. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for the testimony of John. We really, really do. We thank you that his testimony continues to go on today. Father, we thank you that you have planted this in our hearts and minds. Use it, Lord. May it not end here. May it not just be a bucket that receives something and hold it, but may we be like a funnel that what we hear, we find ignites our hearts and fill our conversation both with those who know you and those who do not know you. Lord, use this truth, Lord, and spread it in ways that we can not even now perhaps imagine for your glory. We pray and bless this congregation in every case, every life. May Christ be honored in all. We pray in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.